Coming up on this episode, we begin with that first-class lifestyle, investigate some old mall staples, and the best places to pick up a sub sandwich. Then we get to the week tech news, including Google's feud with Roku and Disney's impossibly expensive new lightsaber. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 310, recorded May 10th, 2021. Hot Topic versus Spencer's Gifts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and of course, you. I am Sean Jennings, joined as always by two guys who are now one Cinco older, Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, Sean. I'm glad we were able to Cinco up tonight. Hey! Five up. <laughs> we fived up. Is that like a high five? We high five tonight? <laughs> right. Cinco is any kind of so. That's what it's a high five. It's a high five moment. I miss, you know, I don't miss handshakes. I do miss high fives. I will say I'm a high five guy. That's true. I can't think of the last time I high five someone. Think how great it's going to feel the next time you high five someone. Maybe that's what we should do when the three of us are, are all fully inoculated and we we see we meet in real life we should have a don't panic high five i mean we're already very lame i think that would be right in our wheelhouse we we could broadcast it live on facebook there you go definitely shouldn't do that now we're talking (laughs) instagram live see oh i can also give a review i have now Double number of times I've flown first class, um, so I can I can give Dan's review of and blue first class experiences. Oh wow! At least you, in COVID times. How'd you get to be so lucky to get the upgrade? Well, it turns out that you booked a flight of twenty twenty one. You get a first class ticket for the same price of a normal ticket. It was like three fifty. Um, which going Seattle to, to Boston actually is what we did. Uh, three fifty for a ticket would not be unheard of. Is that right? No, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Um, am I like crazy? Yeah, you're 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 a little chunky. You're a little chunky. Mm-hmm. Weird. Um. Anyways. The uh, Delta, there was an actual lounge. JetBlue didn't have any lounges where we were going. We couldn't eat anything at the time, so we could just just got to walk in and look around. Uh, the bed Delta was much more comfy, but you both in both cases you got the lie down flat bed. Uh, that was really nice, but the Delta one more comfortable. But other JetBlue wins in every other way. JetBlue gave you this like care patch when you got on board. Like, oh, here's this like lather spray that you can spray your pillow with so that like smells nice. She was kind of useless for the whole time, so I couldn't smell anything. Um, and here's this like melatonin powder that you can take before you go to sleep. And here's this caffeine powder you can take when you when you wake up uh and there are a bunch of other there's a bunch of other like creams and stuff i, I didn't really use and they all knew you uh, the coolest thing was at any time you could ask one of the hosts to get your bag from the above thing and hand it to you and then you could hand it back to them and they're back uh so i think all things being equal more that to all the other stuff uh, but it was cool. One of the things I'll miss pandemic is cheap first flights. Judging by how flight was on Friday, those times are already over. Party's over. Oh, you're muted, Colby. You hate to see it. I sighed heavily. Um, 
what I was trying to ask is when the person gets your bag down, do they like wait for you to get your stuff out of it and then put it back? Or do they like go about their business and like they come back? Oh, they go about your business. You have to button it. Uh, but they came around at the, at, as the plane was landing and you wanted anything up. So you, I think what a lot of people did was they just waited until the plane took off and they had their bag brought down. And then at the end, they had their bag put back up. Very swanky. Well, hey, glad to have you back on the East Coast. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's weird to be doing this at night. It's dark out. Yes. Yep. It certainly is. Well, that's I also I also have a uh, air tags update. You've lost all of them. <laughs> uh, no, I lost one of them. So, at right before we were going to go to the airport. I realized I know her. Uh, and I had done something weird that day, which was I drove into Seattle and then drove the car off in downtown Seattle and then took the bus back. So I know, like, I knew the wallet was in the house somewhere. And I opened up Find My, and it was like, yes, it is in the house. Actually, th that is the first thing that happened is I looked to see if it was in the house, and it was. And I was so confident that I would be able to find it when I needed it that I didn't look further at that point because we were going out for dinner. So I was like, all right, it's fine. Uh, I'll get it later. And then I did the find my thing and it pointed me right to my backpack. And I was like, oh, right. I did put my wallet in my backpack when I was on the bus because I didn't want to get stolen. And that's where it was. Oh. Uh, but the downside is now that I'm like, Hopefully, spending more and more time in my house doing the air tag is really uncomfortable to have a wallet because it bulges it out. So I actually took the air tag out of the wallet. Uh, this week. yeah, I can't see myself putting one in my wallet. No, and and I'm I'm extremely judgmental of the fat wallet guy. Don't be that guy. I I I will yeah. call you. You know the the people who you know, really go nuts. Um, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I need one of those middle school, like hot topic wallets with the, with the keychain on it. Yeah. And then I can attach, attach the air tag. See, now that's, what's interesting. What, what, a, what a high tech, unnecessary 2021 solution, a chain wallet designed to attach to you. So you don't lose it. Instead, you attach it to an air tag. So when you do lose it, you can find it. <laughs> I love it. I love that idea. I, I honestly would just like to see you, Dan, outfitted entirely at Hot Topic. Uh, if you donate $3,000 <laughs> right now to the Don't Panic show, I'll go to Hot Topic and I will fully equip myself. I think that's probably the right word with the necessary galia. I, I, I just love the idea of, like, can we, can we get Dan sponsored by Hot Topic? You know, like a lot of, if you ever watch like a TV show, it's like, oh, uh, Dan's wardrobe provided by, and there's a company that like Dan's wardrobe for don't panic provided by hot topic. <laughs> People might panic. Just like a Deadpool t-shirt and like, <laughs> you know, I don't even know what they sell there anymore. Like a choker. I'm <laughs> The problem is I confuse Hot Topics with Spencer's Gifts, which aren't, like, radically different, but are different. I remember the first time someone was telling me, whoa, Hot Topic, oh my god. One, two, three, a bold are three women in these HotTopic.com. That is not what I was expecting. It's hot. Um, hot. <sighs> it's um, hot. I remember... Maybe it was middle school or high school. Someone was talking about Spencer's, and I don't ever saw the reason it was called Spencer. I was like, that was like, isn't that like a Hallmark or something? Like Spencer's gift? <laughs> and no, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, Spencer's gifts are. I went in one in the last like two or three years just to with some folks just to see what it was like in in this time uh and it is like <sighs> gross 
It, it really is Gross. like dirt, dirty. Like it's a lot of like, I if you were looking for penis shaped novelty things for bachelorette parties, you should go to Spencer's Gifts. Like that's the kind of like, <laughs> st- like who? I I, don't th- I can't imagine they've ever had a repeat customer. Like if you bought something there, it was because you needed something very specific and will never shop there again. <laughs> Be like, oh, it's a shot glass with a weed leaf on it. Great. Thanks, Spencer's Gifts. So useful. Adults. What was that, Dan? You you broke up a little bit there. Is it an adult party store? It, it is a lot of adult. That's really the big difference with Hot Topic is, like, they actually go into, like, lingerie and sex accessories and things like that. A lot of weed uh, and marijuana themed regalia and products. Um, a lot of like kind of prank stuff. Um, and, but they also, I would say the crossover with Hot Topic is they both have those like, you know, Tinkerbell with big breasts kind of like winking at you like faded tees. You know, like like that sort of style of like, you know, A, a Nightmare Before Christmas, like, you know, Jack Skellington's tea, you know, that kind of thing. Oh boy, I think regalia should be the uh, <laughs> vocabulary word of the night. <laughs> oh, wonderful! We got to go to a mall someday. Oh my God, malls! I actually, I went to a mall to pick up the air tags. Hey. It was weird. I think it's the only reason anyone goes to the mall anymore—the Apple Store. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a mall to get a rental car once during wow. quarantine. Wow, that was, that was the last car rental place in a mall. Well, it's like, I mean, it's the mall that's like here, one of the malls in the city. So it's like, you go through the mall, like into the basement of the high rise building that the mall is in. Oh, I see. And there's there's a rental car place in in the basement, in like the parking garage, kind of. I but, see. Though I have seen, you know, everyone talks about, oh, what are we going to do with this mall? Mall parking lots. The malls around here, one has um, a car dealership overflow, so just a bunch of new cars in the parking lot. One of them split its its two auxiliary parking lots. One is tractor-trailer truck training, like if you want to be a tractor-trailer truck driver. And the other one is the staging area for Amazon delivery drivers, where you like park your car and oh. pick up your Amazon truck for the day, and then you drive to the warehouse that's around the corner. That's interesting. So they're they're using those lots for something. Now, have we done a story on the chip shortage? Uh, do you do you no, understand the chip shortage, Sean? Yeah, I just think we're not importing enough I'm, potatoes. I'm, I'm thinking about this because I was surprised to hear that there was a car dealership that had enough cars to need an overflow parking lot. Uh, I haven't been by all... This is in maybe in the last year or two. I haven't been by... It's it's a now defunct mall. I don't have much reason to go there. In beautiful Enfield, Connecticut. Um, oh, yeah. Enfield Square, home to Target and a party city. <laughs> I've been there many times, actually. That whole mall's closed. Uh, I think like the inside halls are open. All the big stores, the movie theater, the restaurants—it's basically dead, except oh, for the wow. Target, which is the Target I shop at. It's a very nice Target. Wow, huh? Dan, we have so much in common. We should be friends. Yeah, this is great. We should hang out in Enfield sometime. Are you kidding me? I rock Enfield. I live for Enfield. I think they know me by name at the Enfield Chick Fil A. And they're, I'm sorry to get off tangent here, but this is actually true. They are putting in the first Jersey Mike's anywhere near where I live in Enfield. And I'm so excited because I'm a big Jersey Mike's fan. So anyway, not that anyone's didn't know there were big Jersey Mike's fans. What's Jersey Mike's? Jersey Mike's is a chain of sub shops started in New Jersey. They're, Specialty is sort of the Italian sub style, like uh, the the vinegar, all the all the fixins kind of uh, seasoning. They they fresh slice the Italian meats before they put them on your sandwich. Right. Uh, they were in Texas when I lived down there. 
Um, and there just aren't a lot up here, and they're exceptionally good. Have you ever been to a witch witch? I have been to a witch witch. Actually, let me tell you a witch witch story. <laughs> I went to a witch witch once, and I said, I'm going to try this. But I panicked because that was one of the first places I went to that both had and enforced the right on the bag what you want. But the problem with that is that Witch Witch, maybe it's not true now, it was then. All the sandwiches had like names, but they didn't tell you what was in them clearly on the bag. Like if I'd seen it on the sign, it would make sense. But they're like, no, you have to fill out a bag. But I couldn't see the sign. I ended up with this awful, like, seafood salad with coleslaw. It, it was the worst sandwich I ever had in my life that I ordered by accident and had to take home and ended up throwing away. So that was my Witch Witch experience. <laughs> I went to a Witch Witch once in an airport. It was fine. I didn't ha I didn't have a... I had an un un unmemorable experience, but there's one near... I've never even heard of Witch Witch. I had never They're heard of They're not big. Either. Yeah. Now, Potbelly, that to me is the sandwich of the airport, the fancy sandwich of the airport. I've been to a lot of Potbellies in airports. What's that one sandwich place that is like Count something? Uh, oh, Earl of Sandwich? Earl of Sandwich. Earl of Sandwich, thank you. Do you know who started that chain? Robert Earl. Um, <laughs> and that's say, not uh, a joke. Really? Robert Earl is a famous restaurateur who um, who started... No, not Robert Earl Keene, just Robert Earl. I was going to uh, James Earl Jones. No, he uh, he was the founder of Planet Hollywood um, and a bunch of other... Buca de Beppo, uh, he bought. Uh, he co-founded Guy Fieri's restaurant, Chicken Guy. Wait a second. There's a Guy Fieri restaurant called Chicken Guy? You guys got to get in the game here. Guy uh, oh Guy Fieri God. opened a restaurant called Chicken Guy, exclamation point, which is a uh, chicken tenders. Is uh, it spelled G-U-I? G-U-I uh, at chickenguy.com. And one of their big gimmicks is the, uh, is the sauce. So they have a number of sauces, and I believe there's a sauce club card that you get, and you and you check off like you get you have to get all the sauces. I'm trying to remember how that works exactly. Ooh. There are 22 sauces at Chicken Guy. That's a lot of sauces. But there are only like, a, what, four locations and two of them are in stadiums? Weird. I think you should do an Up for Debate episode on uh, sub-sandwich chains to your list. Um... The, I I would got your subway got your Quiznos got the Jersey the Mike's got how your many Blimpies. Them, how many of them have we been to though? Well, then that's, that's your homework. Go to a Blimpies. Go. Jimmy Jimmy okay. Johns isn't that another one? Jimmy Buns. Jimmy Johns. Oh, right? Jimmy Johns. <laughs> I just googled Blimpies near me. Firehouse Subs I've been to, which is pretty good. Jimmy Buns is better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jimmy John's is the or Jersey Mike's is the second largest sandwich chain in the country. You know, I did not know that. Yeah, I thought past. it would have been Quiznos. No, Quiznos really kind of imploded. They're in very bad shape. I mean, Quiznos sucks. It does. I cannot disagree. What about Arby's? Technically, that's considered a sandwich chain. I've never been to an Arby's. Never been to an Arby's. I, Me I, either. I went once to an Arby's. It was adequate. Panera was... Bread? Ugh. Such a fall. Panera Bread used to be so good. You know, I wonder, is that one of those things, did it used to be better, or did the competition just get better where it just seems less impressive it's like when the new thing moves to your... Five Guys was like that for me. When Five Guys first moved to my town, I was like, Five Guys is the best burger I've ever had. And then, like, years later, I'm like, it's a pretty good burger. Yeah. Yeah, then Shake Shack happened. Oh, Shake Shack. I'm going to go to Shake Shack right now. I've never been to I a know. Shake Shack. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that was one I, I missed. Now, what a burger. 
What a burger. What a burger. That's a Texas institution. I mean, right if there. you're gonna do if you're gonna open this up to burgers, then you got a whole other <laughs> That's a that's different. a whole other tier list. Crystal? Are you guys a crystal fan? What about Dick's Driving? Burgerville? <laughs> there are a lot of regional chains. All I'm, that's all I'm saying. You got your Red Robin. Yep. In and out. Red Robin. Sonic. Sonic. It's but Sonic. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if I call it a burger place. What would you call it? Just it's America's Driving. <laughs> I mean, I guess. What do you get there though? Burgers. Right. What do you get at Sonic? What do you Those get weird at Sonic? Slushy things. Beverages. Ice cream. Yeah. Hot dogs. Jalapeno poppers. Oh. I don't know. Dan, do you remember the time we went to Washington, D.C. and friend of the show, Joe Spagnuolo, got a hot dog at Shake Shack? I had blocked that out from my memory. <laughs> we talked about, I feel like we talked about Shake Shack the whole way there and how good the burgers were. And we got we got to Shake Shack and Joe Joe got a hot dog. He's like, I just, I and Joe is, is nothing if not a red-blooded American, which made it all the more confusing. I mean, nothing against a hot dog. It's fine. Maybe, may I've never tried the hot dog. Maybe he knows something we don't. I will say, like Shake Shack also makes a really good breakfast sandwich and also makes a very good mushroom burger. So maybe the hot dog's great. Could be. I will say there is a hot dog chain that I've really been wanting to try and there just isn't a location around here. Doghouse? Have you heard of Doghouse? It's new. No. It is a uh, dog H-A-U-S like house. Um, and it is a uh, essentially gourmet fancy chef made hot dogs and fancy craft beers. Like a um, sit down cool. restaurant? And it's supposed to be uh, yeah. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be very good, but there just isn't. There's one in Clifton Park, New York. That's kind of the closest. Huh. But uh, it's supposed to be very good, and I'm waiting for them to open one where I can go enjoy. You'll have to report back. I'm You know, I think I will. I think I will. I'm excited to eat out again. I con did I tell you guys I conned my company? I shouldn't say this on the show. <laughs> well, my boss said, you know, he said, you know, Sean, he just said it in passing. He said, you know, Sean, we should try and have more meetings like outside the walls of the company. You know, we're always in that conference room or we're on teams or whatever. We should have more. So I took that as I told my team we're having end of Q1, start of Q2 kind of check-ins, not performance reviews, but just sort of check-ins on how's it going, what should we be focusing on for Q2 with each of the four members of my team, which meant I got to eat breakfast out four times in a row at four different restaurants. Nice. I was so sick of breakfast by the time that was done, but it was great. Who got to pick the restaurants? Uh, I did. Of course. But, but because we're working remotely, one of them lives kind of far away in Connecticut, so I drove down to West Hartford, and we had breakfast down there. But the rest of them were, were, were up here. And uh, it was great. So. Good idea. I do miss I do miss the the working lunch and the walking meeting. I miss the walking meeting so much. Me What's a walking meeting? You get you leave the office, you start walking with the person you're having a meeting with, and you just have the meeting while walking. Damn, that's a good idea. I actually I like the, the other day I attended a Google Hangouts meeting from my phone while walking and I was like pretty pleased with the outcome. Shit, dog. I did speak one time. Um, I w I was a little out of breath. I apologize for seeming more emphatic about <laughs> what I was what I was talking about <laughs> than I than I really felt. Uh, but it was because I was I was taking a brisk walk. But like, it worked out pretty well. You should try it. Oh, if if I had a if if I had the time to make a list of everything I've done while being on a call, um, <laughs> it would shock you. Um, I mean, I've gone and like gotten groceries while in meetings. I've gone and, um, you know, walk the dog. I've, I've, I've cooked. I made beef yeah. stew once with the camera on during a meeting. It was with my team, but still. That's nice. I, I play guitar sometimes during our like really long, boring, big company meetings. Just shove my microphone on. 
No. <laughs> Definitely Video not. off microphone. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I, I have gotten in trouble, believe it or not, on more than one occasion where it's me where I do have to talk somewhat every so often, so I have to unmute and mute, where I, A, forgot to mute again, and then B, said something about someone under my breath where people on the meeting heard it. That happened more than oh, once. No. Where I'm like, what, who is this fucking moron? And they're like, Sean, did you say something? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I was supposed to be on mute. I was like, oh my God. Thankfully, they never understood what I was saying, but every time it was me being like, what a fucking waste of time. And they're like, Sean, did you, did you have something to add? No. Jeez. I wonder if Google has a filter now to filter out that too, same way they do your background and background noise. That's problem. Too sensitive of microphones. I need it to be like I, have, I should, should be able to shout before it hears me. <laughs> I mutter a lot to myself, so it would help. Yeah, man. Um. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, of note? I think we need to get to some. Uh, oh, chip shortage. We we got started on this by trying to talk about the chip shortage. Chip. I need me my Tostitos. <laughs> I'm surprised there haven't been a really cheesy uh, commercial, something like that. The Doritos factory, there's like an alarm going off. There's a chip shortage. Um, I don't know anything about uh, the chip shortage. You don't know anything about the chip shortage. I've really avoid other than that. Other than that, we're short on chips. I don't. I don't know why it's happening or what we can do to help. So the the only I knew I know that there is a chip shortage. I know that it is in part COVID related, although that could mean anything. I know that this is one of the reasons why you can't get a PS4 mm -hmm. uh, or PS5. I guess you can get a PS4, uh, and I know it's a reason why you can't get a new car. But uh, so, but, and one additional thing I learned uh, is that. The reason why you can't get a new car is much like how the rental car companies like last March and April were like, you know what? We should just sell all our cars. No one's going to want a rental car in a pandemic. Uh, and then a bunch of people did want rental cars in a pandemic, as it turned out, and then they didn't have any cars. So then they all started buying cars again. Very funny. Um, very funny. In fact, another thing I learned recently is that because now the rental car companies can't buy any new cars because there, there are no new cars, rental car companies are now buying used cars, which is part of the reason why used cars are going up so much in price. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. I, I, I read somewhere that uh, it was a, a, a human interest piece, but uh, someone traveled to Hawaii and rented a car and they gave them a U-Haul um, <laughs> for their vacation because that was what they could get their hands, the car rental could get their hands on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very funny. Uh, no, uh, funny. according to this CNN article, the average car has between 50 and 150 chips, um, which sounds like a lot. Uh, a number of reasons for the shortage, uh, the biggest being supply chain issues. Uh, and this is true whether you, regardless of what industry you're in, whether you're making clothes or you're making steel beams or you're making computer chips, supply chains now are just so screwed up and getting raw materials is just so difficult. Um that's a big piece of it, but there are other issues such as U.S. government sanctions on Chinese technology companies, extreme weather, um, and a number of uh, number of other issues as well. Uh, the thing I'm confused about though is like they're all like, "Oh yeah, COVID, supply chain issues." I'm like, "But, but what? Like, is it the fact that a year ago there were all of these issues, and now we're finally feeling the effects of it?" That's my theory. Uh, it, it's it's a you've got two things converging at once that really make it a disaster. You have unusually high demand. So if a year or two ago, a, a lot of companies moved to lean, what you would call lean manufacturing, which means you don't keep a big warehouse full of raw materials. You just order stuff as you need it. Uh, it's cheaper that way. But what happened is even without the pandemic, if the demand where it were today a year ago, it would be a lot more. No one was predicting this amount of demand. So even regardless of the pandemic, it still would have been hard to get materials. What the pandemic did was, you know, it, when your steel factory shuts down for six months and you spin back up, you've got to make up that backlog of six months, plus get current, plus demand is even higher now than normal. And that's really the right. issue. Everyone's clamoring for the same raw materials 
because they're selling more computer chips than they thought they were or more steel than they thought they were or more whatever. Were we talking about like basically the same thing with like appliances six months ago? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's any better. Maybe it's still bad, but it took me a long time to get a dishwasher. Well, and I can tell you um, right now, sh- overseas shipping is really bad. Is really bad. Um, it either costs you an absolute fortune to air freight it or the um, there aren't as many ships going across the ocean. Uh, at this point, and those that are, are are backlogged, they're shipping things that should have been shipped six months ago. So, um, even if the materials are being properly produced in one country, you can't do anything until it's delivered to your country. So, um, delivery is a huge part of that chain that's really busted. Right. Plus, all those ships got stuck in the ship tube. Ship they tube. did. It's it's, it's like it's, it's like the salmon cannon, but for ships. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would hope it sped them up because uh, we desperately need it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, one of the things that one of the new pieces of information I learned is that much like the rental cars selling all or rental agencies selling all their cars, new car companies like canceled all of their orders a year ago because they're like, oh, it'll be yep. a depression. No one will buy cars. Um, and it turned out the opposite was true. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's so interesting. The economy I hate to use that term because it's like, what's the economy? Uh, but the economy, it's one of those things that it's easy to shut down and hard to start back up. Um, it's very easy to put it to a halt. But as soon as you start like, hey, guys, come on, we, we need stuff. And they're like, but we laid off all the workers and we shuttered the factory and we told our suppliers we didn't need any materials. And, you know, it's like uh, those things all take a bunch of time. And again, because everyone is so this was a another great thing I learned, you know, you learned so much during a pandemic, but supermarkets, the reason why they ran out of stuff so quickly early on in the pandemic is because their computer algorithms that tell them how much, you know, how much toilet paper they're going to sell on every July 23rd um, was wrong because the pandemic totally screwed everything up. Well, now they've got to figure out how to buy stuff anew where the algorithms don't apply anymore. So it's just all, you know, you built an industry that like works so perfectly, assuming nothing ever changes. <laughs> so, unfortunate if you're trying to buy stuff right now, I will say. Um, especially uh, especially tech stuff. The, you haven't really, like you said, the, the, the more high-end consumer electronics, like the PS5 and, and that kind of stuff, that's, that's where it's really hitting you. Yeah, AirTags. Uh, I was able to get AirTags just fine. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um, Apple had their earnings call not too long ago, and they said the company expects revenue will be three to four billion dollar lower this coming quarter uh, due to those supply constraints, including uh, problems procuring trips chips for the iPads and Macs. So, you you could see. I, I will say, I had to order my employee a new MacBook um, in the last two three months, and it. Like two or two, everything's like two months out. I mean, it's it's extremely long times uh, compared to what they've been historically. So, huh. I'll stick to my potato chips. Thank you very much. Um, Speaking of tech, yes, yes, let's do it. We've got some great stories here in the rundown. What uh, what what excites you? What is worth talking about? Mm-hmm. As they breeze through these. Okay, here's one I don't understand: the Google, YouTube, Roku love triangle feud thing. Yes, happy to talk about it. Very interesting. Um, basically, the uh, issue. Oh, let me back up a little bit here. So uh, Roku and YouTube TV have gotten in a bit of a dispute, a bit of a beef. Um, And YouTube TV is a service that Google offers that is like, is that the the thing where it's like YouTube gives you live TV channels? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Apparently Roku pulled YouTube TV from its channel store. Uh, the, the removal came after Roku's distrib- 
distribution agreement for the app expired and negotiations between it and Google failed. Now, the reason Roku claims is because Google asked for uh, additional and unrealistic things that other streaming companies don't ask for, like access to sensitive customer data and a commitment from Roku to support the AV1 decoding uh, technology in future products. That requires extra hardware that Roku maintains and could increase the cost of its devices. They also said that Google is trying to have changes made to Roku's search feature, um, which Google has denied. Um, on the other side, Google pointed to Roku's recent spats with HBO Max, Peacock, and others as a trend of Roku abusing its market share uh, that uh, it was bad faith negotiation. Um, then... So uh, the YouTube TV app was pulled. So YouTube decided to go nuclear and said, okay, you want to do that? Let's go. Uh, and they instead inserted YouTube TV into the already existing and approved YouTube app on Roku. So instead of having uh -huh. a YouTube and a YouTube TV separate apps, now in the YouTube app, you'll just go to the YouTube TV button in the app to watch it in. They essentially inserted it in. Um, Google says it's still working to come to an agreement, um, but it's currently in discussions with other partners, uh, and they say they may even secure free streaming devices uh, to give to Roku customers in the event YouTube TV uh, has access issues on that device. Um, wow, that's a power move. But according to uh, Roku's statement, um, they probably won't be removing the full YouTube app at this point in retaliation. There you go. That's where it stands. That's interesting. I did not know about the Trojan horse uh, app thing. I'm surprised Roku didn't, if that were Apple, Apple would have pulled the app. It's like, Oh, now you're like, you know, we've had to go through app review or something. Yeah. I, I, YouTube is the most watched video platform on the planet, and I think Roku knows that pulling YouTube TV is one thing, pulling YouTube is another. Um, and it reminds me of the big uh, Amazon-Google spat that went on for a few years where they'd remove YouTube from the Amazon devices, and then Google would remove their hardware products from Amazon.com, and they eventually settled that beef. So I'm curious if this ends up going in the same direction. Yeah, interesting. Thank you. But it is interesting. Roku owns, I don't know what the exact number is these days. It's somewhere around 60% of the streaming device market. I mean, they own the majority. That's crazy. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it is a bit of a... I wonder what percentage of that is their built-in, like, TV offering. Uh, that's a good question. I'm going to see if I can quickly get an answer. Um. Yeah, Roku, according to this, 49%. Chromecast, uh, oh, this is from 2016, so this is a little bit old. Let me see if I can find something a little more current. Uh, here's 2019. Uh, yeah, I'll see if I can find the answer. But yes, um, it, it is, uh, and I wonder if that's a, an international thing as well. Mm. And by the way, uh, Amazon is bigger than Google is, Um you know, a Amazon huh. has has more devices than Google does. Um, That's surprising. Uh, so over the past year, we've stayed at a lot of Airbnbs, and several of them, all of them, have had Roku's either in the TV or as a separate device, or maybe. And I guess some of them just had the whatever the built-in smart TV garbage is. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a single Amazon box or Apple box for that matter. But yeah, I, I have a I, small sample size. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think uh, this article also says that TCL moved into second place in market share as a TV manufacturer. TCL, um, vast majority powered by Roku, which I'm sure helps them. Mm -hmm. um, Samsung remains number one, running their own Tizen OS. So Apple TV holds about a 2% market share. That's crazy. Which is why I remained absolutely baffled that uh, that they haven't done more with Apple TV. But whatever, so be it. Or just haven't given up on it. I, I, you might be right. You might be right. Hey man, 60, 60 frames, HDR, Dolby Vision, whatever. 
you can only get it <laughs> the only things that are that are the videos you shoot on your iPhone 12 Pro or or whatever they said. Uh, I, yeah, but I mean, everybody's device does that. I, I just, we had this discussion on past Apple episodes. I just don't understand why, if they really want to be like a home device company and they have HomeKit and they have HomePod and they have some of these devices... I just don't know why they don't make a range of television devices with speakers in them, with cameras in them. Make a TV yourself and put the technology in it. I mean, you're the fucking, you're the screen company. Um, I'm just surprised they don't go at it harder uh, because I think there would be a real, you know, for a really sexy looking Apple actual TV. um, That market is so fractured right now that who knows, maybe they could do really well, but. Apparently, Tim Cook knows more than I do, so I won't try and take that personally. All right. Whatever. Uh, what about, uh, what else here in the rundown is exciting? Maybe they're having chip shortages and they didn't want to sell too many. I mean, how many chips they must want be, to be in too a successful. Right. Uh, anything else in the rundown here worth, worth talking about, guys? We've got uh, some Windows stuff, some Facebook stuff, AOL Yahoo, Disney's real lightsaber. <laughs> oh, let's do the real lightsaber. I didn't see that. Yeah, you got to watch this video. It's pretty wild. Um, Disney showed off a first look at their at its first quote unquote real retractable lightsaber. Um, they've been teasing it since April. Uh, according to past patents they filed, it's believed to essentially be... It's actually really interesting. Do you guys have any guesses before you read how they did it? How it works? Uh, I'm watching the video. Is it is it mechanical? Yes. It's not a beam of light. Oh, wait a second. Then yeah. How can you call it a real lightsaber? It's a toy. It's a toy. Real is in quotes. It's a, Very it's a much real in quotes. toy. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm less excited now. Um, yeah. I mean, the dumb thing to do would be it's just like those lightsabers we had growing up where it's like a telescoping tube except there's a little motor inside that pushes it up for you. Yeah, it's essentially, uh, uh, again, no one's actually put their hands on it, but based on the patents, it's believed it actually works pretty similar to a tape measure uh, where it actually pushes out a thin filament um, similar to like a a standard tape measure uh, that actually uh, lights up itself and it unrolls and unrolls itself long and then can roll itself back into the, uh, the saber. Hmm. The obvious question, though, is, like, can you whack stuff with it? What else is a lightsaber good for? Highly doubt it. Uh, again, let me point to the word Almost. toy. Um, you cannot uh, you cannot cut off hey, people's Hey, but arms. you can whack stuff with the old lightsabers. That's true. The difference is these are probably going to be incredibly expensive. Disney's um, sort of high-end current lightsabers, basically the ones that don't retract, are just plastic, already cost $200 each at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, at Disney parks um, expect these to potentially cost even more it's believed that these will first be used in Disney's upcoming Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser immersive hotel um, which is a two night yeah. Star Wars adventure where you actually stay um, in a spaceship uh, and you get to go into Galaxy's Edge at the park um, the uh, right um, at night when no one else is there when the park is closed there you actually do a special excursion into the park and you live a story uh, while you're staying there. Very Westworld-like. I am so there for that, by the way, at some point. Uh, well, two things. One, it's more designed for families. I don't know how they'd feel about a bunch of dudes like doing it. <laughs> oh, but... are you kidding me? All the, all these, all the Star Wars nerds are going to be there. Uh, and also, rumor has it, it will cost somewhere around at least $1,000 a night, is the rumor. Per person. I mean, but how many nights could you stay before two. you get It's bored? a two-night experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you've been warned. But, uh, yeah, that will be launching in 2022, so you can give that a shot. They're, they're literally, they're literally going to, like, drive you there in a special bus with, like, LED 
screen windows on the inside so it looks like you're traveling through space and then you get off and that's like you're on a space station and there are no windows it's all screens and it looks like you're in space and characters like the employees are actors who actually like know you and who you are and what you're there and when you interact with other people so it's like a real world you're living it's supposed to be wild i mean yeah that sounds like sleep no more but star wars yes this might be a new york city reference i didn't get it so i just kept rolling um okay but yeah, I only I I'm only, my only reference is that I've heard you talk about it multiple times. Dan. Uh, yeah, this could be something we could have. Don't panic. Goes to coffee and beer. Goes to sleep no more. <laughs> I think Matt would be super into it. Oh my god, Shakespeare plus a weird experience. I think he'd be there. Okay, do people touch you? Uh, it is very easy for people to not touch you. If you look like you don't want people to touch you, no one's going to touch you. Okay. That's my only, like, on the list of things that an immersive experience would concern me about is I just don't yes. want just. Oh, no, I'm there with you, Sean, and they're very <laughs> clever about it where they will, like, make it clear when they might want to touch someone, and then all the people who are super into that all crowd towards the front. <laughs> and as long as you just don't do that, yeah. You're Great. gonna get a uh, Great. Because I'm in I'm up for punch. whatever else. Anything happening around me, I hey, I'm I'm gangbusters. Go nuts. Um but even I have my limits. Even Sean has his limits. Even and no no no. Hey, look, you wanna touch me? You got I'm not paying you to touch me. You should be paying me. Okay. <laughs> you just get that for free. Uh uh any other uh, any other stories in here before we move on to picks? good okay well we've got a full lineup of picks this week i'm very excited and i gotta know what colby's picking this week (laughs) okay mine's a podcast truly bad name when i heard this podcast i was like it can't be good this has got a very dumb name um but it's pretty good it's it's called command line heroes again very stupid name but it's it's basically just a podcast about like historical computer people, and it's 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 quite interesting. It's put on by Red Hat. Apparently, they sponsor this podcast. They're I don't know, like a, a Linux company, a server operating system company. I don't know yes. what they do. Um, but it's kind of good. It's pretty well produced. It's like interesting. Like I've learned about computer people, I have no idea. I had no idea about before. Not that not that I knew about a ton of computer people, but um, it's pretty good. They're using they're pretty short too. They're like twenty five minutes. It's like a ninety nine percent invisible uh, length of podcast. So, I don't know, check it out if you like learning about computer stuff. They've been talking a bunch about like the internet. That's this season is about like the internet stuff. That's if very you love the cool. internet. Yeah, the the internet class of '95. They they call this all about 1995, and uh, yeah, very interesting. Huh. At least I like when you get to learn a thing or two. Dan, what are we going to learn about your pick? So I'm picking another Mac app utility called Raycast at Raycast.com. Raycast is kind of in the genre of Alfred and Quicksilver and those like things on your Mac where you press command space and then a little thing pops up and you type stuff. Uh, The big difference between this and Spotlight and Alfred is um, it has, so I guess Spotlight doesn't have this, but all the third-party apps have the ability to trigger you know, whatever kind of action you want off of something you type into that box. Uh, Maybe even some light kind of scripting. Uh, But Ray Trace, Ray Trace? Raycast, sorry, I keep saying Ray Ray Trace. Raycast has like, not templates, but like you can define a script that requires inputs and you can have like a UI. So for example, one of the built-in ones it comes with that I use all the time is create GitHub issue. So you type, you know, whatever you want, create GitHub issue, or you set a, uh, 
uh, at global hotkey and it pops up a user defined can be user defined like window with inputs and like fully interactive experience so you can create these like keyboard only workflows that are not just like open an app open a web page or run a script it can be like fill out like type this thing fill out this form then run this script and that the script gets past all these inputs as like arguments and stuff uh it's pretty cool it's currently free in like a public beta uh raycast.com very cool very cool i love me some mac utilities um I now Dan, what was the um the AirPod utility that you picked? AirBuddy. AirBuddy, that's right. Um I ended up not able to use it because I can't get anything that's not in the App Store, but I found one on the App Store that I like just as much, and now I can't remember the name. So I don't even know why I brought it up at all. Oh, so that's why you asked me if it was on the App Store. Yes. Yeah, that's a work machine limitation. Um so but Raycast is excellent. Raycast.com. Um, now, Sean, have you ever used any of these Spotlight alternatives like Alfred or Quicksilver? I don't even use Spotlight. Ooh. I, like, go into How the Launchpad you... and, like, find the app. And... You go to Launchpad? Mm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, you gotta remember, I didn't use Mac OS until, like, a year ago. I'm, I'm new. I'm learning. Command space, man. It took it took me like it took me like six months to to remember activity monitor, because I kept wanting to call it something else. That's fair. It is hard to remember. So <laughs> I'm getting there, but that's why I love getting these tips and utilities from you guys. So this is great. I've I've greatly enjoyed being a Mac user. I'm using it more and more as time goes on. The one I can never remember, and I still can't remember, is sitting here right now. What is the app you open on your Mac when you want to see like the system logs? I'll try to find it. I was about to say, I have, yeah. I yeah, I, I always know. search for a log and it's not there. It's not logs and it's not activity. You're muted, Colby. I was, I was basically saying the same thing Dan was. I went through the same, like I'm typing stuff into my... Console. Oh. Console. I can never remember that. Yeah, it's a shame that doesn't come up when you type in log. Yeah. Although, uh, I will say my favorite feature about Macs, which is that they work with AirPods, new Windows update, <laughs> going to be compatible with, was it AVC or whatever uh, format AirPods use? Uh, they're going to work better and be more reliable, so make it my Mac a run for its money. So I'll let you know. Uh, There's a Windows update that makes AirPods more reliable? Yeah, they're updating Bluetooth. So what happens now, if you try to add your AirPods to Windows, it actually registers them as two separate devices. It registers them as headphones and as a headset because they use two different um, audio codecs. And the issue is if you want to, like, listen to music but then take a call, Windows just, like, doesn't know what to do. Uh, and with this update, they're going to support what Macs support, whatever codec that is. I think it's AVC. It's something like that, uh, where it's going to properly register as headphones with a microphone. Um, so it'll properly uh. connect, stay connected, do calls, do all the things you want them to do. I'll be able to use them for the show and, and other things like that. So that will be great. Windows, man. Cool. Uh, I've got a pick this week. Guys, I was just beyond sick last week so sick uh and i was in bed and just was not moving and i need stuff to watch so i got kind of excited have you guys heard heard of girls five eva no this is the new collaboration between meredith scardino tina fey the creative minds behind kimmy schmidt 30 rock um Tina Fey's husband, Jeff Richmond, is that right? Uh, who did all the music for 30 Rock and Kimmy Schmidt is with this. It's like right in that same vein. The plot is a girl music group from the 90s 
decides to get back together. Stars Sarah Bareilles, who's fantastic, Paul Appel, uh, Busy Phillips, uh, a bunch of really fantastic, a lot of like the sort of 30 Rock people you see in a lot of stuff show up in this. Eight episodes, half hour each, on Peacock. Absolutely incredible. I actually, I actually like the first season of this better than Kimmy Schmidt. Um, I thought it was exceptional, and I think if you like either of uh, 30 Rock or Kimmy Schmidt, you are gonna, this is so up your alley, it's not even funny. So, bust out, blow the dust off your Peacock subscription, and check out Girls 5 Eva. Um, the music, Jeff Richmond is so good at the music, um, that the, the, the sort of fake pop songs he writes are excellent, uh, and very funny. So, strong cool. recommendation. We're going to have to check this out. Yeah, all eight episodes from the first season are up for streaming. Is Peacock, do they have a free trial? I haven't tried it yet, so... Who's your internet through? Comcast. Yeah, so you actually get Peacock for free, because they're owned by Comcast. Yay, vertical oh. integration. Um, so you actually get... It's like their ad light version you get for free. So Wait, check Colby, that out. you never watched the 30 Rock uh, special on Peacock? Or was that free? I did. I did. I watched part of that. I mean, it was basically an ad. Right. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't remember how I watched it, though. Maybe I have the Peacock thing on my on my TV. I just never. Because I think what you have to do to set it up is you go to Peacock, you sign in with your Xfinity account, and then you set up a Peacock account. I don't know why you couldn't just use the same account, but your Peacock account is linked to your Xfinity account, and that's how it knows you have access. So whether it, the question is whether or not you create a Peacock account. If you did, then you're good to go. Cool. I'm going to check that out, maybe right now. Go go see what's happening over on Peacock. Something. Uh, anyway, so that's that's great. Uh, wonderful. A great list of picks. I will have links to all those on the website. Uh, guys, is there anything else you'd like to say or plug at this time? No. It feels like the pandemic is coming slowly to an end. Yeah, it's happening. Go get your shots. Go get your shots so we can get steamed cheeseburgers. That's right. That's right. I'll, I, I, I will plug something. I want to plug my Instagram. I'm posting a oh. picture every day this month. I took the damn challenge. Sean post, hashtag Sean posts a picture every day. Um, every day this month throughout May. Yeah, check it out. It's, uh, if you want to see what a day, day in life of Sean is like, honestly, by pandemic standards, it is very exciting. Well, I picked this uh, month because I knew it was going to be a little crazy. So um, I knew I'd have good content. I do have a question for you guys, though, because sometimes I don't know how to filter myself. Uh, my birthday's coming up next week. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And I was thinking... Cinco de Sean. It, yes, Cinco de Sean and uh, Mayo de Sean. And I was wondering, is it a bad idea if I post the video of my birth on Instagram? Can you do that? Would it get taken down? It's, it's not that graphic. It's probably a bad idea. You think, you think that's a bad idea? Because I did think about it, and I do have it. So And it's digitized. So I thought about it. But I was like, I need to check with some guys who have better taste than I do. I just think that that's compelling content. I feel like you really need to check with the like starring characters of the of the video. It's like you <laughs> and or your mother. Okay. <laughs> I, that's you could have posted it for Mother's Day. No, because she, she would not have liked. That. I did think about that too, uh, but I said no. I I will be I will be nice. Um, you probably should. Okay. Thank you. That's very helpful. I'll find some other great footage of me as a child to post. Um, if you guys, or if anyone, you know what we say, get in contact with us. Email us, don'tpanicshow.gmail.com, tweet us at don'tpanicshow. If you want to see footage of my birth, let me know. Um, if, and maybe... if, if people donate $5,000, I will deck myself out in Hot, hot Topic Regalia and take a photo of it and post it on our non-existent uh, Patreon. And... Sean will post his uh, birth also to the non-existent Patreon. Five grand. Yep. And for ten grand. Down with that, Sean. And for ten grand, I will reenact it, <laughs> and I will shoot it for you, and I in four K, and I will put it up on our Patreon. 
10 grand is the Colby tier. Colby has to Colby, put up a challenge. Yeah, Colby, what are you going to do for 10 grand? <laughs> Degrade yourself for money, please. I'll I'll uh, break into a really tall building and hang a giant don't panic sign. Yeah, anarchy. Flag. Yeah, down the side. Oh, man. The it's the center. best time to do that, too. All these empty office buildings. <sighs> Meanwhile, Colby doesn't like hangs it upside down. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Pont Danic. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey, you know, uh folks, you should go check out our website, don'tpeg.io. It's really fantastic. All the episodes are there and of course links to our pick. And of course you should uh subscribe where to get the show, wherever you get your podcasts. Guarantee we're gonna be there video version on YouTube as well. Guys, that wraps it up here. We're gonna be back next week, Monday night. You're not gonna want to miss it. On behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. As always, we appreciate it. We'll see you next time on another great episode of Don't Pin. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.